Romans chapter 8, and we'll read one verse. We'll be looking at all of Romans chapter 8 tonight. And we'll be speaking for a few moments tonight on a theology of the Spirit. A theology of the Spirit. Paul, in the book of Romans, if there's any place in the book of Romans that he really hones in on the study of the Spirit, what it's supposed to do, its capacity, its ability, it is chapter 8. And so... For a few moments tonight, we will be talking on that subject, a theology of the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1. If you have not committed this verse to memory, this would be a great verse to commit to memory. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now the translation said, there is therefore now no doom to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. There's no condemnation. It is the devil's business to put condemnation upon us. It's not the spirit's business to put condemnation on us. It's the spirit's business to put conviction on us. Not condemnation but conviction. Lord we thank you and praise you for your word and we ask that you would direct us tonight as we delve into the word of God. Let it be a strength to us on this day that we have gathered in the house of God, the sanctuary where your spirit is. We want it to be renewed. We want it to be poured out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. So in chapter 8, Paul begins on this excursion about the study of the ability and the power of the spirit of God. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. He continues and says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. When the Holy Ghost comes in your life, there is a law of the Spirit that says you no longer have to be bound by a, a parallel law, which is a law of sin and death. I'm thankful that tonight in the house of God, I can say if the Holy Ghost is in my life, I'm not restrained, I'm not restricted, I am not bound by the law of sin and death. I don't want to walk in the law of sin and death. I want to walk in the law of the Spirit. And the Holy Ghost provides that. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. When Jesus Christ was hung on a tree, he condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. This is very, very important. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, 
He is none of his. You need the Holy Ghost. This is a theology of the Spirit. Paul is saying you need the presence of God in your life. It is not enough to repent. Repentance is saying I'm walking away from an old lifestyle. Baptism in Jesus' name is doing away with the reckoning and the condemnation, and it's an identity in Jesus Christ, and that's important. But there is a gift of the Holy Ghost that is poured out to you that is a spiritual renewal in your life that gives you the power and the ability. If you've repented of your sins and you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you need the Holy Ghost because it's the Holy Ghost that is the power in your life to be an overcomer and to say, I am not going to be bound by sin and death. I'm not going to walk in a carnal mind. I'm going to pursue a spiritual endeavor. And what gives me the ability, what's fuel in the tank that gives me the You know, back in the day, the stick shift was really good, right? You push that clutch in. And, uh, what gives me the, the ability to move is the Holy Ghost in my life. Paul is saying his theology of the Spirit is if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have the fuel to get you where you need to go. If I didn't have the Holy Ghost in this place tonight, I would be seeking the Holy Ghost every time I came to the house of God. I'm thankful for repentance. I'm thankful for a baptism in Jesus' name. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. If not, the natural inclination of humanity is to have a carnal mind. And Paul said, the carnal mind is an enemy against God. We've got to get out of our carnality and get into our spirituality. How do we do that? You've got to pursue the spirit, and you've got to forsake the carnal mind. I came to the house of God not to be with a bunch of carnal people. I came to the house of God to be with a bunch of spiritual people that is striving to see the Holy Ghost operate in their life. Why? Because I don't want to live in sin. I hate sin. I hate the dysfunction of sin. But I love the power of the Holy Ghost. Sin destroys, distracts, tears up, is dysfunctional. But the Spirit is life. And it's, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Scripture said, quench not the Spirit. When the Spirit of God is moving, don't put a stop to it. Don't put a cap on it. Don't. Don't limit it, but let it flow. Anybody thankful for the Holy Ghost tonight? This is a theology of the Spirit. We got to get out of sin and death. We got to get into spirit and life. He said, if the Spirit of Christ is not in you, you are none of his. This is a theology of the Spirit. You need the Holy Ghost that is represented in your life. Paul doesn't get into specifics about how that takes place, but we know that he is building on a foundation of an Acts experience in an upper room on a day of Pentecost. This is the day of Pentecost. On this day, on this day, they were gathered together in an upper room and they were told by Jesus to tarry until they were endued with power from on high. And so they were tearing and they were in unity there and the Holy Ghost fell in that place. And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Ghost that comes in speaking in tongues is not a language that you speak. It's not like you learn syntax like 
uh, German or uh, Portuguese or, or something like that. The Holy Ghost is something that speaks from deep down inside of you that comes out of you. And it is an acknowledgement that I'm not controlling things, but God is controlling things. This is one of the reasons why sometimes people have difficulty receiving the Holy Ghost because they still want to be in the driver's seat. And they want to hang on to the wheel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you got to get your hands off the wheel and you got to say, Jesus, take the wheel because where I'm going, I'm fixing to drive a cliff, but if you take the wheel, we're going different places. You got to let him take over your life. And so the Holy Ghost is important. But if the spirit, here it is, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also Quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And so if there is death and there is a tomb and there's a grave and there's a stone and there is a finality of life and nothing is happening, the Bible tells me that Jesus came out of the tomb, came out of the grave, the stone was rolled away, he came out in resurrection power. Why? Because of the spirit of God that was in him. And if that spirit is in you, you have the same ability to say there is a power in this body. One of these days it's going to go to a tomb and a grave, but there is a promise that there is a greater power beyond this life. And on that resurrection morning, I'm coming out of wherever it is I am. You can sprinkle me anywhere you want, but at some point it's all coming back together again. And this mortal body's going to put on immortality. Praise God. That power, that power. That power is in you. You say, well, I really don't have a whole lot. Poor me and poor situation that I'm in. Hey, the power that is in you is a resurrection power that is able to come from in, into a lifeless body and resurrect it, and there is power in that spirit. When you get the Holy Ghost, there is a power that is within you. It's not just any power. It is the power of the exalted one. His name is Jesus Christ, and his spirit is in us that gives us the ability to say, I have the strength and the anointing and the wherewithal and the capacity and the ability to be an overcomer. Somebody clap your hands and thank the Lord together. What a great God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. This is a theology of the spirit. I know there's a, there's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. You look at Old Testament examples and you can find one of the greatest examples of the spirit being on somebody, there being an anointing, was in the life of Samson. He tears apart a lion. He carries the gates of the city to a hill. He takes down a building by pushing on pillars. He defeats a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. He ties 300 fox tails together and destroys crops. And yet, in all of that anointing that was upon him, he had difficulties with his eye on the women 
of the Philistines. He messed around with riddles and games with the enemy. He succumbs to Delilah and he grinds at a mill and his eyes are ground out. There is a struggle between the flesh and the spirit. I understand that and Paul understands that and what Paul is trying to set up here in that theology of the spirit is that that battle and that struggle is real. It's real. It's a reality. And yet there is something that is given to us that gives us the ability to say, I do not have to be bound by sin. Hallelujah. I don't have to be bound by trepidation. I don't have to be bound by condemnation. I don't have to be bound by carnality because there is the Holy Ghost that gives to me strength and provides an opportunity to me and for me. And it's not going to be a power that is on me like Samson in the Old Testament. That was a shadow. But it's going to be a spirit that is in me, not on me. It's in me. Praise God. It resonates. It, re it takes up resident in my life. And so every day is an opportunity to walk in the spirit, and not in the flesh. Verse number 12 of chapter 8, this is a theology of the spirit, says Paul, writes Paul, reflects Paul, exhorts Paul. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For you, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. We need to get out. There's a, lot, there's a fascination nowadays with death and dying. And, and, and the big thing that, that's, that's happening right now is zombies. People have zombies on their shirt and zombies on their backpacks and zombies everywhere and there's zombies 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 if you live in the flesh you shall die you are like a spiritual zombie you're walking around living in a world and you're living in a world of death. But Paul said there's something greater than the world of the zombies. There's something that is more powerful than that. There is a spirit that can be had. And we are debtors to that. We're operating in that realm. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you are not just an anybody. You are a somebody. When the Holy Ghost is in your life, you become the son and daughter of God, which means you are inherited into a greater family. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I come from a pretty good family. We got some pretty good folks in our family. We've got a few bad folks, but I've talked to some of you all and I found out that in some of your family, you don't come from a, a very good family. You come from an outlaw family, a rebellious family, and, and all kinds of stuff. But when the Holy Ghost comes in your life, you are brought into a new family. And it doesn't matter who you are what you are doesn't matter your circumstances God brings you into the family of God you become a son of God a daughter of God with the Holy Ghost this is a theology of the Holy Ghost God can reach you you could be sitting in the depths of despair and God can pull you out of that and he can set you in heavenly places 
Praise God. Don't you ever stop saying that's good, Pastor, back there, Brother Steve, because this is exactly what I'm talking about. Is there anybody in this church here that's a direct descendant of yours in this place? No. Did you know anybody before you came to this place? No. Was your situation and circumstance in life the best? No, it wasn't the best. When you came to the house of God, people said, hey, we understand and recognize because such were some of you, but you are washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified, and when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, brother, he put you in this church, and this is your family. I'm your brother, and she's your sister, and we love you because this is the gospel message. This is the theology of the Spirit. I love the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Mm. For the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Come on, devil, give me your best shot. There's a spirit inside of me that is agreeing with me that we are the children of God. Oh, no, 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 you ain't. You got to say it that way because no, you aren't just doesn't quite do it. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. You, you got problems and you got failures and you've got circumstances and you got situations and you're a nobody. Well, the spirit in... You know, sometimes I feel that way, but the spirit of God that is in me is agreeing with my spirit, and it's saying I'm a child of God. I'm in the, f <laughs> I'm in the family of God. So bring up all the junk that you want. Bring up all the past that you want. The Holy Ghost that is in my life is agreeing with me that I am a son of God. Even when I don't feel like it myself, the Spirit is saying, oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. I died for that. I carried that burden. I paid the price. I gave blood at Calvary that is still effective and powerful. If you're thankful for the family of God, you need to put your hands together tonight and say, God, thank you for putting me in something that is valuable. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Praise God. If the Holy Ghost is operating in our life, the family of God should work as a family. Praise God. Where are we? And if children, <laughs> see, this is a theology of the spirit. If the spirit is in you, the spirit is agreeing that you're part of the family, but you're not only part of the family. The scripture says that you have become heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Now, if you don't understand that air terminology, it's not hair, it's air. H is silent, air, H-E-I-R. That means you are the recipient of what is not yours. It means that you inherit something that is not yours. You are an inheritor of something. 
said, well, I don't have two pennies to rub together. <laughs> yeah, but you're an heir, and you are a joint heir with Christ. So whatever, so whatever he has in the storehouse... I'm an heir with that, so that means the inheritance is coming my way. So if there's peace in the storehouse, I can reel in some peace when I need it. When I'm feeling like I'm underwater and I can't get my head up above water and there's joy in the storehouse, I'm an inheritor, an heir of his ability and his power so I can draw on the joy of the Lord that Oh, what is it that you need in the house of God tonight? You're a joint heir with Christ. And you have the ability to tap in to what he owns and his power and his ability and his strength and his anointing and his peace and his comfort. Praise God. There's benefits Not fringe benefits. That's a terminology nowadays. I don't know if you've noticed it, and I don't, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, and I'm fixing to, but I've seen the get bus driving around town, and I keep seeing stuff about sexually transmitted diseases connected to social media on it. I saw it a couple nights ago when I came for the young marriage deal, uh, and I saw it tonight when I was coming to church. I've seen two different messages. The one that I saw, the first one I saw, said on the top of it, it said, STDs are on the rise. And then down below it said, it had a picture of a, a teenager looking on his phone, and it said, do you know what your children are watching? So, wow, that's, they're making the link between sexually transmitted disease and, and activity on the phone because there's apps and all this other kind of stuff. Well, tonight when I was coming around the circle, a bus pulled out in front of me, and that one said something to the effect of the pictures that you see on the phone is no indication of whether or not they have a sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> I don't know who's responsible for putting that stuff on the get bus, but Wow. Brother Sean told me, Brother Sean, stand up, brother, and tell me, what did you tell me about that particular point? A 500% increase. I'm telling you, we live in a crazy world. I don't... I don't want to live in the world of sin and death and carnality. The theology of the spirit says we got to get this thing turned around to where we think living in the spirit is greater than living in the flesh. Because the temptation is always living in the flesh is better. Being carnal is better. But I will guarantee you there's some hardcore folks that have lived in that world that would stand to their feet and raise their hand and testify. There is nothing greater than the power of the Holy Ghost and living in the Holy Ghost and operating in a world of the Holy Ghost than operating in that old world. There is nothing there, but there's life and there's joy and there's peace in the Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. Somebody praise God here just a minute. And let's thank God that he's given to us the opportunity. Praise God. So fringe, they're not fringe benefits. Fringe benefits means that we'll do the tango, but we don't have to be connected emotionally. We'll just do the act, and that becomes fringe benefits. God never... He didn't go to Calvary, baby, for fringe benefits. He went to Calvary. So there's a connection and there is a strength. That world is a world of loneliness and depression and insecurity. Oh, but God brings you into a world not of loneliness, but he brings you in a world of relationship. He doesn't make you insecure, but he creates a security in you. He doesn't put depression upon you, but he brings a peace to you. Hmm. Verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. This would blow some people's minds. Paul is saying the whole creation groans and travails. This is not about climate change. This is about a world saying, man, this is crazy. And under the burden and the pressure of a fallen world and nature saying, is there something better? And in the house of God tonight, we're in the world, but we are not of the world. And the presence of God that is in us gives us the ability to understand and recognize Not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to be patient in the moment. I'm not going to do, th I'm going to be steady. I'm going to be steady. I'm not going to get outside the realms of making decisions and choices that are so outside the norm quickly here and there, but I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to live for God and I'm going to let the spirit of God direct me in, in, in turmoil and difficulties and the vicissitudes of life. I'm going to be steady, I'm going to be steady, I'm going to be steady. I'm not going to become so spiritually minded. I'm of no earthly good. Neither am I going to be carnally minded. Those two things, I'm going to be steady. I'm staying in my lane. I'm going to be patient. I may not have the answer today, but I'm going to be patient because I'm going to believe it's coming tomorrow. And if it doesn't come tomorrow, I'm still going to be patient and trust in God. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding, but I'm going to trust 
in the Lord. I'm going to stay in this place no matter what happens. Fire, brimstone, hell, boulders falling, persecution, difficulties, and all kinds of turmoil. I'm going to stay steady in the promise of the, of the fact that there is a power in my life that is going to raise this old body into a resurrected power and an anointing. This world can pass away, but there is a God that said my word will not pass away, and his spirit is in my life. So I'm going to walk in that balance. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I will never, ever, ever forget Chris. His name was Chris. I can't remember his last name. Chris, 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 Chris. Received the Holy Ghost right here. And when he got the Holy Ghost, he started doing some strange stuff. He, he started like he was pointing and he was talking in tongues and he was like, rebuking something. I don't know what was going. Usually the Holy Ghost, when it comes, it comes in a, it's a joy. When, if, if, let me just take a, a side trip here just for a minute. If you're seeking the Holy Ghost and what you feel coming up from them on the inside is anger and sometimes that's got to be released. That, that needs to come out. Uh, but eventually, once that water starts coming out of that stagnation, because the scripture said it will be like a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And so there's a lot of things in people that people stuff. There's a lot of turmoil and the emotional disturbance that people stuff. And so when they come to God and God starts breaking all of that up, then what comes out is this kind of, this kind of anger and this kind of stuff. And it needs to come out. But when it starts coming out, it starts flowing into something that transitions into a joy and into a peace. Because the Holy Ghost is all about joy and all about peace. And so he got the Holy Ghost and he, and he did that for a while And then all of a sudden it turned into this thing Where he was pointing and carrying on And, and so afterwards We asked him what in the world was going on He said I don't know what was going on He said I don't know what was speaking through me He said all I know is it felt like I was rebuking the devil for every Failure, every difficulty Every mistake, every addiction That I had ever been involved in That's what the scripture is saying The spirit itself maketh intercession For us when we don't even Know what to pray We need more of the Holy Ghost in our life I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do But the Holy Ghost starts operating in my life and it's the Holy Ghost that's making an intercession for me not somebody else, me with groanings which cannot be uttered verse 28 are you ready for this one this is the theology of the spirit it's there, it's bible Go ahead. What does it say? 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good. <laughs> all things, all things. Yeah, but I don't like some things. It said all things, right? Didn't it say all things? Death and difficulties and problems and failed dreams and circumstances and everything.
expectation. He said, all things, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. This is a difficult passage of scripture to interpret and to understand. Timing is very, very important. But there's a, what it's saying is somewhere in all of that, there's a treasure there. Somehow, this is just how God works. Every, everything that you look at God that he does looks like a, a, a tragedy waiting to happen. Everything, just about everything. You start walking through the pages of the scripture, everything looks like an absolute tragedy. Abraham, take your promised child, Isaac, go up there and sacrifice him. That looks like insanity. Walk around a walled city for once a day, for seven days, and then on this, and then walk around, and then blow the trumpets, the walls are going to come down. That looks like bumbling, rumbling, stumbling. That's never, ever going to work. Pick, pick up some fishermen and make 12 disciples out of them and change the world. Looks like a mistake waiting to happen. And yet God always turns things around. Whenever you look at stuff that seems like tragedy, and I'm, I'm not downplaying tragedies, ladies and gentlemen. I understand all that. But in every tragedy, there's a treasure somewhere operating in there because all things work together for good to them that love God. You may be sitting there on a church pew tonight saying, how in the world is that even a possibility? I don't know and I can't completely understand it, but I do know this. A theology of the Spirit says, if the Spirit of God is in you somewhere in all that rubble and in all those ashes, there's a treasure that is there somewhere to those who are the called according to his purpose. You need to get your head up and say, you know what, I'm not focusing on the difficulty and the tragedy. I'm focusing on the treasure that's somewhere in there. I'm going to trust God for that. Praise God. I'm going to trust God for that. Praise God. How in the world would you be, if you didn't have struggles and failures and difficulties that would blow some people's minds out of this, I mean, it would blow them right out of their shoes. And their socks. <laughs> if there were people that testified about things that had happened that have just looked like a whirlwind, but somehow God has, somehow God, somehow God has worked through all of that. And the treasure that comes out of all that is that you have the ability to say, Man, I know what you're going through. Difficult struggles and difficult times when I felt like walking out. But the theology of the Spirit said God's anointing is going to work through this somehow. And when I'm at the end of the rope and all that I can hang on to is his anointing and his power and his ability, he came through for me. And if he can come through for me, he can come through for you. I had thoughts in my head that came from the pits of hell. I thought things that were so outlandish and stupid and crazy, I can't even believe I entertained some of those things. But the theology of the Spirit said, I'm with you through all of that. And if you can hang on, we can come through this so that you'll be able to testify to somebody else in the midst of their turmoil and in the midst of their struggle and in the midst of their pain, you'll be able to tell them there's a theology of the Spirit that says the anointing of God is going to be with you.
this is a theology of the spirit. Mm. Praise God. Brother Counselor, if you would come. The problem, the theology of the spirit is it is not the spirit's problem. I just don't understand because I should, I've got the Holy Ghost and yet I'm struggling with stuff and I'm fighting and I'm battling and, I'm, and, and, and careful, 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 careful because you'll start to think that maybe the problem's the Holy Ghost because you're still fighting and struggling and, and, and trying to work through things. That's dangerous because the problem's not the Holy Ghost. Why am I still struggling? I don't know. But let's focus, first of all, on the fact that the theology of the Spirit is there isn't any better Spirit. And there's not a greater Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost in its essence and in its purity is greater than anything else. The writer said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So it's, it's, not, the, it's not the Holy Ghost problem. What that's going to do is drive me back to say, well, then it must be my problem. It must be my difficulty. And so if it's my problem and my difficulty, what I've got to do is reach out and I got to bring the Holy Ghost into this thing again. And I got to keep fighting and, and I, got to keep, I got to keep still struggling. And I, I got to keep battling. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when I fall, I'm getting up. And I'll tell you why I'm getting up, because I may be weak, but the Holy Ghost is not weak. Holy Ghost is not weak. Holy Ghost is going to elevate me. Holy Ghost is going to pick me up in the middle of storms and difficulties and trials. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. You keep standing there, sis. We're all going to stand with you right now. Praise God, praise God. I'm telling you, it's not the problem of the Holy Ghost. Now, watch this. This is how he ends his theology of the Spirit in Romans chapter 8. He says, he starts asking some questions. <laughs> he starts asking some outlandish questions. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall there's no tribulation that Paul is saying the theology of the spirit is there is no tribulation that can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ they can stone me in one place they stoned him and left him for dead Paul came up out of the rubble and he started right back toward the city where he was ministering there is no tribulation that can separate me. There is no distress. Anybody ever been in distress? Paul said the theology of the Spirit is the Spirit will take you through every distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's the theology of the Spirit. Well, I feel like a conqueror. The Spirit says, no, you're not just a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Oh, don't tell me that. I feel like I'm a failure. His Spirit says, no, you're not a failure. You're more than a conqueror. You're not just conquering. You're doing more than conquering. 
then he ends it with this for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels something can come out of the other world it can't separate you nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our theology of the spirit is the Holy Ghost in your life there is nothing that can separate you from his anointing and his presence and his spirit He'll intercede on your behalf. He'll step in and work with you. He will move you to heights and purposes and destinies and callings that are much greater than the world and the temptation of the world. Praise God. In the house of God tonight on a Pentecost Sunday, I'd step out of a pew where I was. I'd step into an altar somewhere and throw my hands up and say, God, I want to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. I want there to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in my life. I don't want to walk in the world in realms of sin and death and carnality, but I want to be a person that's operating in the realms of spiritual life. I want you to bring peace and strength. I want to draw from the inheritance that you have provided and you have given, O Lamb of God. Come on, somebody. Let's let the Holy Ghost move in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Let's let the Holy Ghost elevate us in this place tonight. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. I praise you. There's a treasure that I can pick out of the rubble and the ashes. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Come on, let the Holy Ghost be poured out in the house of God tonight. Open your heart and your spirit to let the Holy Ghost move through you. tribulation. There is no distress. There is no persecution. to the things that would bind and terrorize. 